so I was one of the people that like, oh, let's not talk about COVID. Like we got to settle in and like be in this for the long haul. But now you can't have any conversation without mentioning COVID, obviously. And so even more than before, I feel like focusing on how fucking cool birds are Mm -hmm. is like more important than ever. So having that outlet through your podcast, both as a very honored guest and a very happy listener, um, it's just, it's the greatest. You have the job and your check's in the mail. (laughs) (laughs) I am a professional PR person for Bird Group. I I could tell. (laughs) You can can hit me up. (laughs) The overwhelming positivity was something we're not used to. Do you like outdoor cats? Do you wish that all major flyways were lined with giant spinning murder fans? Do you hate seeing cute little white fluffy birds scurry around the beach and wish the dogs would come along and eat every single one of them? Well, you came to the wrong place. Welcome to episode 20 of Foul Mouth Podcast. On this episode, we sat down with the American Bird Conservancy's Director of Public Relations, Jordan Rudder. We talk all things bird saving, we get angry about the feline menace, and chat about the challenges of birding under quarantine in a major metropolitan landscape. So grab a cup of coffee, relax, and welcome Jordan fucking Rudder. Welcome to Foul Mounts Podcast. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you. I'm so honored and, and happy to be here. Thanks. Um, we're Never. just gonna we're just gonna take that um, that uh, prescription for listening that you gave us earlier in the show. We're just gonna edit that in somewhere, maybe during a, a yeah, a, like a, a fake uh, advertising break or something. Um, but let's kick maybe off. Maybe some uh, background noises of us weeping. Yeah, enjoy <laughs> drinking mugs of our own tears. Um, <laughs> Can we start off with uh, with you just telling us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah. So I am totally a bird person through and through. I have been a longtime birder ever since I can remember. Worked really hard in school to go to grad school for birds. I studied Great Lakes Piping Plovers. I, um, you know, totally just was all about birds and was on the academic track and decided, you know what, I need to like do stuff with birds now. Um, I kind of got impatient waiting for research to like happen and then be published and everything. And I really like talking about birds. <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm on a podcast with you. <laughs> um, but I then kind of went the SciCon, the science communication route. Mm. And now I'm the public relations director for the American Bird Conservancy, where I very fortunately get to be paid to talk about birds. That's awesome. Um, Jordan, when you say longtime birder, like when when did you start like as a child? I unfortunately cannot compete with James. <laughs> <laughs> no one can. But but I'm not far off. Um I was I was a toddler. So uh yeah, so I literally have been birding since since I can remember. That's amazing. Do you have a spark bird if you've been birding that long? I do not have a spark bird. Um oh. and actually I think that was one of the the bird was kind of a problem for me growing up in Mm. terms of, you know, I never had a favorite bird because it was always about the birds, like with an S. 
um, every bird. You just always ask questions. My parents were super supportive and just always trying to help me learn all I could. Um, but what really happened was a flooded basement <laughs> when I was <laughs> when I was very little, um, and the new house had damages, and so my parents were kind of scrambling for money to help pay for those damages and my dad got a second job a part-time weekend job at the wild bird center hmm. which is a local nature store and he got put in charge of leading bird walks mm. and my mom uh said you know we're gonna go with you so i got like thrown in the baby backpack and taken along wow. and it just kind of went from there so by the time i was like five i was that super annoying kid with the bird book being like look at like this mallard mm -hmm. like i know what it is and i'm telling you and everything <laughs> yes um, so you're saying there's a chance that junior bird or james won't go out of the won't go out of the bird leave, nerd right leave the oh flock. totally yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it became this thing where my parents and I were learning together, mm. and that's that became like the rudder family thing. We were the bird family, and um, it's crazy because my dad had never, I mean, my and my mom, but both of them had seen birds before but never really looked at them. So he always said that he was a bird walk facilitator, not a bird walk leader. Uh -huh. I was, I was just nice. about to ask how he Just bring he... people out into the woods, facilitate <laughs> yeah. their seeing. Yeah. Yeah. So um because there were always, you know, like I had birding grandparents from these walks and Aww. you know, like there were always people that were so much more experienced than than us. Um but we learned and so that's where you know, again, I was a kid and then I learned about being an ornithologist and had, like I had to be really good in school so I could go to grad school and like all of that. Um, and yeah, it's crazy. I can't believe that's I'm, the most like, so old. <laughs> that's the most wholesome fucking backstory we've was, ever had on this show. I was show. just going to say that is so wholesome. It's <laughs> just, yeah, it's, I can just it's really see funny it now. Because, um, so my dad really, because I have a younger sister. So my dad and I, I, like my whole family birds, but it was really about like me and my dad because like I've done different birding competitions and he would chaperone or mm. drive and like all of this stuff. And it's really funny how he became known as like Jordan's dad. <laughs> Jordan and Jordan's dad in the birding community. So um, what, like in high school you were going to birding competitions and what is a birding I, competition? Oh, I did my first World Series of birding in New Jersey when I was thirteen. So oh my gosh! Sick grade. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So, and he was a like I said, he was a chaperone slash driver, and like mm -hmm. did the we did the whole twenty four hours. Wow. And, um. Yeah, it was like really intense, and I think that's where I have this kind of like parallel bird paths of I was a like in the bird community as a birder, the hobby just appreciating birds, learning about birds, and then this like ornithology path hmm. as well of studying birds, doing field work, just doing that more academic research track. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I was just like thinking the wholesomeness continues and I'm like, but I'm thinking <laughs> about this like from a dad's perspective now and I'm like, wow, 24 hours is like, that's a lot. <laughs> But then, oh, yeah. you know, your, your kid is is birding. Yeah, you know, it's not like, you know, I want to do like an online like you know Call of Duty gaming like tournament or something. <laughs> you know, where you just glued to a screen and like shooting people. 
So I don't know. That's really nice, actually. Oh, I would be super psyched. Yeah. I mean, you might be the first guest to make Scott and Heather cry. Yeah, it's I well, beautiful. I know. Well, this is just a nice way for me to give a shout out to my parents. So, like, I oh. really do. Oh well. You owe them. Now I'm gonna. Please, now yeah. I'm gonna cry. Now Heather's crying. <laughs> please, please shout do. out to the rudders. We're sorry for anything we might say. No, no, no. We'll... They are on social media, so you know. Oh my All god. Right. Really yes. well, oh man. Like, you know. We'll hit them up. A... Get yes. a birding parent. Get us their deets totally. after this, and we'll just we'll just tweet storm them. <laughs> um, that's really great. Well, maybe what we'll do is we can we can cut an episode that's just in like one long sensor bleep, and then we can send it to them so they can oh, enjoy that'd it. Be perfect. <laughs> well, Father's Day is coming up, yep. so that would that be could be your, your presents all helpful. taken care of. Exactly. If you just hear Jordan's name and then a long yep. beep. From <laughs> no, you hear, oh, so. no, you hear half oh. of it, Sean. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Um. So, um, now that we got um your background, what? Yes, please um, stop talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> what slash who is the American Bird Conservancy? Conservancy, my gosh. Yeah. So ABC, um, ABC Birds, uh, either of those works. Um, so they are twenty five this year, which is kind of cool as both a HBD. bird. Yeah. Uh, as a bird conservation org that has, you know, is around for 25 years and just as a nonprofit, that's a huge milestone. Mm -hmm. But ABC, their official mission is, quote, to conserve native birds and their habitats throughout the Americas, which is actually really important when you think about it, because birds don't observe political boundaries. Mm -hmm. They don't know what that is. So that to have a truly entire Western hemisphere focus has allowed really good work to be done um, throughout the year, throughout the geography of where birds go and are for the year. So, you know, when you think about um, red knots, Arctic terns, black pole warblers, like, you know, they're not just in the US. So to know that we are helping them everywhere that they go is really important. So all the way down into South America, Central, you're, you're covering the f- top to bottom full Western Hemisphere, the yep. ABC. That's insane. Yeah. Is, yeah. Are you standalone? Is, is that like, the, is ABC the only organization that sort of covers such a huge uh, swath of, t- of like territory there? At least in the Western Hemisphere. And we do owe a huge part of that to our partners. Right. So um, we do have staff both across the U.S. from Washington, D.C., where I am all the way to Hawaii. Uh, But we also we also have a staff member currently living in Bolivia. Uh, But we totally do all of this work through partnerships just because the geography is so massive Hmm. and there's so many birds. Right. Thousands and thousands of birds. Um, So it's it's pretty cool both in terms of its its mission and the way that it's set up. It's set up with this par, uh, pyramid scheme. So it's all about uh, at the top of the pyramid, really focusing on those rare and endangered birds that don't have very many individuals and making sure that they're protected and have the resources they need, but then also focusing on um, at the bottom of the pyramid, which is like building capacity and focusing on the really common species and making sure that those birds are protected as well. So it's 
it's very different from other organizations because it's on the ground conservation work. That's the whole point is to help birds now. Um, we, we do dabble and, and again, again, with partnerships, especially, but we dabble in some research, we dabble in some, you know, education stuff, but we really, we're in that middle of the Venn diagram of like helping the birds so that other groups can help you enjoy them, learn about them. And then other groups can really do that like ornithology research. Man, the janitors of the bird world. That's insane. You're just like <laughs> the, you're the, like all of the, all of the moving parts. It's, it's, that's really wild. I, did, I, I think like as much time as I spent on the website, I did not truly understand like that you're like the essential workers of the bird world. It's pretty wild. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I think that everyone should check out abcbirds.org. It has amazing information. Um, oh, yeah. But it totally does not truly capture, uh, one, the 85 staff members that we have. Um, all of which I'm constantly in touch with because we have so many projects going on. Um, again, as the PR person, I really try to, you know, help find those stories and then communicate them out to the public and share what is happening both with ABC and bird conservation right now. So it's a lot. It's a, there's always something new um, and something to like learn about with ABC. So what I'm hearing is I want to get in at the top of the pyramid and then sell five birds to five people who sell five birds each. And then I get a bird for every bird that they sell and every bird that they sell to five people. I get one of their birds, too. Am I, I have this right. I, my joke was going to be lost, so like, but it's, it's like a pyramid scheme, but without essential oils. Right. <laughs> We're sort of, Heather's sort of like secretly I, really secretly in. I'm <laughs> like, so <laughs> obsessed with pyramid schemes MLMs Loves I it. mean like hating on yeah. them sorry yeah but there's there's no like weird basement bondage or anything in this pyramid scheme there's no. just there's just no. helping birds that's a Nexium reference if yeah. anyone didn't get that sorry <laughs> oh, my <God. laughs> oh my god 10 points for that because I didn't Mm. Even know you knew that much about the Nexium. Oh yeah, why? Well, you know, I'm married to you. So yeah, that's true. Got to keep up. <laughs> so um, you said that you said that um, your number one priority is helping the birds. Um, what does that mean, just practically? I mean, pick one of these many projects that that you're sort of putting out there right now, and and give us some some Deets. you know yeah give yeah. us some. some feet on oh, the ground gosh. details. Okay. So um, I guess I would say that there's kind of two things. One is eliminating threats and the other is protecting habitats, right? So obviously habitat essentially means a safe home for birds to live. So they need a place just like us to live and breed and everything. Um, but then you also want to make it safe. <laughs> so you don't want to just give them a home and then take it away. So, um, so we have a, a really thriving international team that works a lot with our Central and South American partners to make sure that the wintering grounds and stopover sites especially are taken care of and have that habitat, the, the literal land that birds can go to. Um, and then we also have a really 
a great and always busy policy team that is really focusing on that eliminating threats part. And so they're focusing on how do we, again, keep birds safe um, in, in all of the already like crazy, mind-blowing struggles that birds have just living in the world. So, so, you, um, so you have like a team of lawyers basically too? We do have general counsel, but honestly, we have more folks that are actually going, well, maybe not right now because of COVID, right. um, but that go to Capitol Hill okay, and yeah. are working. Now, this is the part where we are focusing, our policy team does focus on the U.S., uh, right. mostly because we're working on U.S. federal legislation. Yeah. Well, things like the, the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um <laughs> And the Migratory Bird Treaty Act, oh, yeah. which is yeah. super important. And um, I just, I don't understand how this hundred year old document, right? Like think about this, like a hundred years ago, people knew that it was important to save birds. <laughs> yeah. Right. And for some reason that all of a sudden changed, I don't quite understand that myself, but um, so we have at ABC folks that are dedicated to trying to have that upheld and, and make sure it continues to be a strong, uh, legally recognized document. Am I? Okay, maybe I'm really out of, I mean, I'm probably out of the loop. Is that legislation under threat? Yes. Oh, wow. It, it, the Migratory Bird Treaty Act is, uh, it, it yeah. It, I'm trying to say this very diplomatically. Oh, uh, don't worry but, about that. Well, no, no, no. I am not worried about for the podcast. I'm just trying to like <laughs> actually make sure that people know that this is a huge deal. No, it is. I had no idea. Yeah. And it's just, it is mind blowing because this legislation, right? The Migratory mm -hmm. Bird Treaty Act, it's recognized internationally, right? Because mm -hmm. again, birds don't observe political boundaries. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, we basically are saying we care more about development and industry right, and right. how people are using natural resources in the land yeah. rather than protecting them. And um, so, yeah, actually not, not to uh, over, over plug ABC here, but um, you can take uh, action on our website. Uh, we have action alerts where you can actually sign up and give your name and, send a letter to your Congress representatives um, to say how important it is for the Migratory Bird Treaty Act and several other things as well, um, because we we can't lose birds. I mean, more than ever, right? Again, mm -hmm. it's COVID. There are articles like all the time now about birding, learning about birds, birds mm -hmm. are a fad, birds are all the rage, like all of this stuff. So if we're gonna survive COVID, yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny, like, I, I, I had a follow-up question, which was, you know, what's the number one actionable thing that sort of regular folks can do? And the first thing that springs to mind now is to just, like, go online, hit up um, abcbirds.org, find these petitions, sign them, call your senators or write emails to your senators um, about this specific issue right that's an actionable thing that people can do and right now as you pointed out more people are birding than ever so hey man you can do it from your living room and i have to say because i look at this whenever i donate um the abc's website has 
links to their charity watch, charity navigator, their four stars, um, some other ones I haven't even heard of, and guide star. <laughs> so, I mean, that's really important to me. I'm always um, looking at um, how uh, organizations that I donate to rate on charity navigator or other things like that just to make sure and so you guys are doing your due diligence and that's super important too yeah i mean we really want to be an organization where people know that their money is going towards the birds Mm -hmm. so um i mean and and you um, i guess i mean yeah (laughs) hey you know if you want to earmark your check i won't Mm -hmm. say no but but just know that like it is going it is going to the birds Mm -hmm. um and i am totally 100 percent for that um i mean i think i think if you're in the in bird work you want you want to help birds in some way so yeah for sure so yeah so actually the action alerts is totally something um again this is focused on u.s federal legislation so you do have to be a u.s person um so just for all of our international listeners um all six of them well i like i said my partner is canadian so i was gonna say we're popular in canada heather well but we didn't beat out that sasquatch we did the second time okay yeah Yeah. we were like we were like the number (laughs) we were like the number three sciences and nature podcast in canada for a hot minute <laughs> that is amazing right and there was, there, it's was shocking. This, there was this podcast called like sasquatch files or something that kept beating us yeah <laughs> it was know. number one it uh, was, <laughs> but i mean uh, of course it was well i am still i'm still i mean hey i already said i was honored to be on this podcast but to know <laughs> that yeah. is like wow <laughs> yeah wow by the, Take a deep breath. You're going to learn a lot more. By the way, I, I should, I really need to mention this because I was wondering when we were going to get a complaint from someone from Wisconsin from the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Neil Gilbert, um, 15 minutes ago, said, Oh shit, I'm listening now. Y'all need to come and experience Wisconsin. The birding here is way better than Connecticut. First of all, um, I'm. <laughs> I wouldn't um, go that far, but first of all, Neil is a friend, so I know I can totally prove that. Second of all, I did I am a golden gopher. I did my masters at the University of Minnesota and did my field work in Michigan, where most of the Great Lakes piping plovers are. And I can say that Wisconsin is eh. No! Wow. <laughs> we need to bring back the bomb. Uh... No. Yeah, no. I'm going to edit a bomb in here. It's going to so, happen. Go Gophers, boo Badgers. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Bird, bird drama. This is going to blow up. I can, I can tell already. <laughs> oh, man. Two episodes, two episodes where Wisconsin's just going to get shit all over. It's, man. I lived in Wisconsin wonderful. for... For a few years when I was three. <laughs> I mean, it's very nice. It was very it's cold. Just... I lived in I lived in Verona. No thanks. Too cold. Aaron Rodgers, though. Hot. Yeah. I like Madison. It's a nice city. <laughs> Sean, what do you think of Aaron Rodgers? Dreamy or not? I mean, I grew up a Packers fan. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And I still think Wisconsin sucks. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what that says. Well, he's not from but there. Go he Pack. Just... He just plays dreamy football there. <laughs> he is a dreamboat. 
All yeah, right. seriously. Agreed. Three for three. <laughs> uh, we won't ask Jordan. Um, oh, I to... grew up an Eagles fan. Heck, oh! Heck yeah. So it is weird. let's get back to the birds yes, and ABC sorry. because sorry. Aaron Rodgers is great and everybody knows it. It's um, true. <laughs> so, so, so to, to follow, follow up on all this conservation talk, right? The ABC has ta- obviously taken super strong stance in service of birds, right? What are the leading causes of bird deaths in the U.S.? Yeah. I knew you were going to ask this because... It's sad. Um, it's on the Google Doc? <laughs> yes. <Okay. laughs> Giving away our well, secrets, Heather. Our secrets. <laughs> our secrets are out. It's Google Docs. So, okay. So, uh, okay. Pro- problems for birds. Um, so, I, I really am sorry to any of your listeners who are climate change deniers. But oh, they can go fuck themselves. They can go We don't them. want them. No. Bye. Goodbye. Um, gotta gotta preface because uh, I mean we all have we all have uh, uncles and audiences. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So, like, climate change is real. Climate change is a huge problem, and um, it's it's you know hand in hand with habitat loss. So these these again safe places. Every living thing needs a home. Um and birds are losing their homes. They don't have habitat and then climate change is exacerbating that. So those are two things. Um, but ultimately we gotta, we gotta worry about people too, right? So, um, so things like cats and window collisions and pesticides and wind turbines and cars and like people have an impact on the environment and to ignore that is incredible incredibly not responsible and so um abc again is focusing on the the habitat portion so we are focusing on habitat loss and climate change but then our policy team especially is focusing on cats we have a dedicated invasive species and especially cats uh, program we have a glass collisions program Uh, we have a bird smart wind program and then we also uh, focus on things like pesticides and uh, towers, right? Uh, communication towers are a threat to birds. Mm. So we're definitely trying to make sure everyone knows that there are both problems that need to be addressed. And then we're trying to help figure out solutions. I want to say this. I'm going to say this, and this is just me. So if anybody has a fucking problem, you can tweet me at Sean Milnes. Cats are fucking invasive species. Just say it to yourself a few times. Look in the mirror. Think about that. They're not from here. They're not supposed to be outside. They're fucking invasive species. Keep them indoors. Cat, Sean Milnes, say whatever the fuck you want. You're still wrong. (laughs) That's S-E-A-M. I'm going to put another explosion here. Um... So, all right. Well, we can get to the we can get to the cat hate in a minute, and we're we're cat owners. We're responsible indoor cat owners. I love um, cats. Yeah, who does my lap inside? <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, they're great. We'll 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 get to that. Um, but some of the so 
for uh, northeastern liberal elitists such as ourselves, um, <laughs> who who pride ourselves on on sort of <laughs> who pride ourselves on on pushing green technologies and things like that as as part of a solution to climate change. You know, one of those uh, solutions is uh, wind power, and you you mentioned this um, uh, very sort of politely and in passing, but um, but wind turbines are like bird murder machines. So how do we deal <laughs> with trying to save the planet for birds, but also those measures are murdering them? Yeah. Okay. So so here, here's something I want your listeners to consider. Have you ever seen a kid or maybe even yourself and you're looking at a fan, like just a everyday fan it's hot outside you have a fan going and you're like i'm just gonna put my hand between the blades right and it like hurts <laughs> right birds have hollow bones like how could we not think that you know birds flying and turbines being in their way is going to be okay um but we also have climate change and we have these energy needs and we have things that need to be addressed. And so ABC is not anti-wind. <laughs> if anyone has a conspiracy out there, you're wrong. We are not anti-wind. We are bird smart wind, which means that if you know birds are going to fly somewhere, <laughs> maybe don't put a turbine, a chopper in that path. Um, I don't know how many of you are familiar with uh, I mean, really, you could throw a dart almost right now at the country and find a major wind project. And we just want to be smart about it, right? Maybe we shouldn't put wind turbines off of Lake Erie by the biggest week in American birding and Black Swamp Bird Observatory, where mm -hmm. we know thousands and thousands of birds are. Um, you know, we have wind projects off of the Northeast on the ocean mm -hmm. where all of these sea ducks and pelagic birds fly. Um, out west, we have turbines in places where golden eagles fly. Um, so we we just want to make sure that we are smart, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? Bird smart wind. We know that wind energy is, is definitely something that has to be part of the conversation for moving forward. But we, we see, here's the thing we are at a point where we can make sure to think things through and make sure that we calculate all of the different possibilities instead of things like oil or habitat destruction and have to do it retroactively. And then we kind of screw ourselves because we can't recreate that habitat how it was, or we can't get ourselves out of a huge problem without a lot more money and time and everything. So if we think wind turbine placement through, we can make sure that we're getting that renewable, clean, green energy, but that birds are protected as well. So if, if Sue down the street wants to start like a wind turbine project, um, does she contact the ABC? Will so you we work actually, with them? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to over <laughs> overcommit my coworker. Obviously, <laughs> what's um, what's their name and telephone number? <laughs> so, um, uh, you can you can contact me. Let's let's let me be the PR person, and okay. I will I will help. But there um, but there but there are organizations that will do this that will help. Yeah, that will actually, help for profit companies that are trying to solve a climate crisis. 
Yeah. And we want to, we want to celebrate the folks that are doing great work. You know, that's mm. why I'm, again, we're not anti-wind, right? That no, double negative, super important. Um, but uh, we actually just came out with a wind risk assessment map, which is also on our website. Mm. And people can actually go and you can get all of this information that we've collated and see what the risk Again, wind risk assessment map. Hold on, I, I hear a bird in the background right now. <laughs> Let's just wait for that bird to pass. Okay, I think it's gone. It's a loud bird. <laughs> I move out of the city and I still am surrounded by sirens. It's insane. That was you? Yeah. What? <laughs> Sean's like literally in a guys. fucking nowhere. field Sean, in like the middle of nowhere. He lives in the woods. I do. I live in the middle of nowhere in Connecticut, and I still can't get away from the murder. Jesus, that was loud. Yeah. Sorry. We'll just put an explosion there, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, all right. So just like uh, another follow-up on, on, on this. Um, what, are some, what are some actionable things that, okay, so Sue's got her wind turbine farm that she's going to put in the backyard um, and she's going to place it strategically to avoid murdering birds. Um, what are some things that average foul mouth podcast listeners um, can do in, in their neighborhoods to sort of um, contribute to this effort? Yeah. So first off, again, can't, can't plug the ABC website enough um, because we have, I mean, we have scientific literature so, I mean, people know that, you know, different height and different size wind turbines make a difference. We know that flashing lights on uh, wind turbines and communication towers help more than those steady ones, right? Which makes sense because steady lights, you get blinded. Um, and so totally like delve into the website. There's so much information there. Um, but another one is just make sure that you are always speaking up, right? Ask about, um, you know, get in touch with your, your government officials. Um, again, ABC has lots of ways that you can super easily sign your name to pre-written letters or customize them and make sure that you are using your voice. Are there tips on the website, too, about um, other... Um actionable items like the um windows and stuff like that as well oh yeah so so we have action alerts for various different things and it, i mentioned that because of the windows so we actually right now are trying to help congress make public buildings safer for birds and pass legislation that would uh have measures be required to have bird friendly glass mm -hmm. um, in in buildings. Uh, but if you're a homeowner, uh, James might be a little young for this. Um, but He's we have <laughs> yes, yes, he is a very good piping plover chick. Um, <laughs> he could help you uh, treat your windows, right? So window collisions are something that we all have at least heard of. Right. Well, literally and figuratively, we've all heard of a window collision with a bird. Um, and all you got to do is reduce the reflection. I mean, how many of us have also seen that Windex commercial where they have those like not actual crow crows flying into the window? That like, was those are not weird. 
those are not American or fish crows hmm. or chihuahuan or like I don't know what those are, but I think they're supposed to be crows and they fly into the windows, right? And everyone laughs, but that's actually a huge problem. Yeah. Right? I mean, <laughs> only woodpeckers should be banging their head <laughs> against <Yeah>. something, right? <laughs> like, I'm a total klutz. And like, if I run into, you know, anything, I say owl. <laughs> so if we can help reduce windows from being so reflective, and I mean, sometimes they, they can trick people, right? Like you, you run into a, a sliding glass door or something. Um, and so if a bird, I mean, nests don't have windows. Let's like take a step back. Nests do not have windows. <laughs> Birds do not know what glass is. Um, so if they're flying and they don't know that there is a window there, we need to break it up. And you can do this on any scale that works for you. So you can do super expensive, top of the line, like really super good for bird, like special glass mm -hmm. that you can buy and like replace your window or have like different things. Or you can just start right now with your kids at home in COVID and get some window paint and make an art project out of it. Mm -hmm. Like, I hope, I hope that lasts like 20 minutes. I don't have kids. So I don't know how long that'll work, but like <laughs> to help, <laughs> help the birds. You can also tune in to so. Foul Mouths podcast episode 15 and our interview with Heidi Trudell, which yeah. is entirely about bird window collision. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it is, uh, yeah, it's certainly, it's certainly a bird nightmare. Um, so I think we should get, I think we should get to the cats. I think we got to get back to the cat. Hey, okay. all right. 2.4 billion <laughs> birds a year murdered yeah. by I'm people over here seething dick cats yeah and everybody knows somebody heather who has a cat that now has multiple bells on its yeah, collar I have to a keep friend, it from murdering birds yeah i have a friend who posted that they put another bell on their cat and i because it keeps murdering things and i was like yeah and he's like well because he you know killed this and you know, whatever. And I'm like, and those are the animals you know about right. trying to be like, hint, hint. There are so many more animals than the ones you're seeing being murdered by that cat. Yeah. We didn't coin the phrase God's perfect murder machine, right? But that's like <laughs> literally what cats are. They're just, they're designed by evolution to be really they, good at killing things. They kill for fun. They, they kill for sport. They're like people. They're terrible. <laughs> yeah. But way cuter than people this is true that's why you can keep them indoors if you believe in in such things i don't yeah, know if there's I, a qu I, I don't know I, if there's a question in there sean do you yeah. want to get in on some of this i, I i'm worse i just don't get it i i i respect people i really tr really try to be tolerant i really really try I don't understand this issue. Well, let me let me let like, me play devil's advocate for a second. Let me give you some some ammunition. Let me give you something to stand against. Okay. Cats <laughs> cats are they're like, you know, free beings, man, and they've got that like wild instinct and they've got, they've got to be free. You know, they go they go crazy inside. I just can't keep my cat locked inside all day. It's cruel. So so are you what <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I just don't get it like 
but dogs have to go outside. Hmm. So why are we, and I'm going to focus on the U.S. here, right? I'm just going to try to simplify things as much as I can for this super complicated topic. And like, so in the U.S., if a dog uh, gets loose and is either lost or whatever, you immediately call the Humane Society, right? Yeah. I mean, dog catchers are a decades old term. Um, you, you always stay away from dogs that are loose. You always like are trying to get it re reunited with its owner. So why are dogs and cats that different? They both are, they both are domestic animals. They both are heavily, um, dependent, codependent on people. They, they aren't native. Uh, they were not here before people, um, in the U S they both can get hit by cars. They mm-hmm. both can get hit by car. Like they could get in a, what is called a wildlife conflict. So mm-hmm. for cats, like coyotes are out there. And oh, foxes yeah. in our neighborhood. Like, yeah. um, there's, there's antifreeze, right? Super well-known poison to Do cats to just like love so, antifreeze? It's delicious, Heather. It tastes Heather. good, <laughs> yeah. So like, what? what's the problem <laughs> like what i need maybe i need a psychologist that can explain this to you you just like can't understand why people <laughs> just can't like keep their cats indoors is that what you're saying well and the thing is we're not saying that cats have to be indoors right so the so the term that abc uses is safely contained mm-hmm. and the the meaning behind that is because again people do this with dogs but you can you can put a leash on your cat you can take your cat for a walk. Um, I know I'm a lab person. I love my Labrador retrievers. Um, Maybe that is part of my problem in comprehending this problem. Um, (laughs) But I know people with little dogs, the same size as a cat that put them in backpacks. Oh, I was just about to say my friend just got a backpack mm -hmm. for wearing their cat and they they the have... domed kind with the the glass on the back. So the this one was actually just... this one was actually like all space. open actually, yeah. but yeah. Or a stroller, right? Mm-hmm. I you mean, can be that burpee. person. <laughs> put, put your cat in a pram, push it around. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, cats indoors doesn't mean that your cat is in quarantine, even if it's in quarantine with you right now because of COVID. Um, we tried to just... put a leash on our cat. It didn't really work out. No. Well, and the thing is we have, so here's the other thing that I don't get. So multiple types of stakeholders, multiple different people that are connected to this issue in some way, all say that it's in your cat's best interest to take care of it, right? So vets are saying that cats should not roam freely um, and that there's a lot of concern about disease and health and well-being in feral cat colonies. PETA. PETA has said that cats should be taken care of um, in in these safely contained ways. Mm. So I feel like you can't you can't just say that it's a cat cat war cat bird thing. Yeah. It's it's we have to be responsible pet owners. Did, well, right? just just in case you think we're being sanctimonious, like, and as a, a further mea culpa, we've mentioned this before on the show. I was going to say, did we mention this before? I we, think so. We did mention it before, but like, we we have a a, a morbidly obese, 
16 year old cat that is an indoor cat she is a city cat and doesn't like the feel of grass on her paws <laughs> um, occasionally we leave the door open to the back patio and she'll wander out you know five ten feet from the door and just sit in the sun and meow and want food scratch her back on the concrete yeah um and we let her out one time for four five minutes <laughs> and heard her yowling in the kitchen suddenly and we're like what what is that yowl and heather's like she only does that when she catches something um and sure enough I, I go into the kitchen and she's sitting there looking pleased as punch with like a dead house sparrow in her mouth. <laughs> and, and she's 16 and she's morbidly obese and she's an indoor cat. I don't think she's ever caught a bird in her life besides that one. It took her four minutes yeah, to murder this bird. <laughs> I had to perform a Buddhist funeral for a house sparrow because of this cat. So there's just no, there's no safe time outside, people. There, yeah. There's no safe cat. For birds, nope. and again, that. like I'm a dog person, right? Like I'm, I am, I'm a dog person, and even my dogs, like I have to be totally constant watching them so that they don't like actually catch squirrels or like you know go after rabbits and stuff. So it, it again is about responsible pet ownership, right? If we're gonna call our our cats and dogs our fur babies, then we need to act like we are oh, don't even get me started on that like... term anymore <laughs> we well, already trying... have a flesh baby <laughs> it's too much i used to call oh my her my God. fur baby until i had a real baby and i was like oh shit this yeah. is fucking eight thousand times as hard but yes no it's true people people are like oh but it's like my baby and i'm like well then fucking like be responsible well and the thing is too again you know really showing it's it's people need to step up is um so i did my master's actually on the impact of dogs on shorebirds on piping plovers so it's not just cats it's dogs too you know everyone says dog or cat my pet is the best one in the whole world Mm -hmm. and they don't mean mine's not they're just curious like whatever and i get it i mean Mary and Pippin are amazing. I love them to death. <laughs> um, you know, they're they're totally my little hobbits, and I will totally like defend them and their honor or whatever. Um, but I know that they can impact birds, and I would never let them off leash in a place where I shouldn't. Because um, them chasing birds on the beach, or you know, even Canada geese. I mean, everyone totally like complains about Canada geese for somewhat valid reasons they poop everywhere but they're canadian let, <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like i'm not gonna let my dogs chase them just because i think it's funny I, I don't think it's funny but you know i don't get that so why can't we just make sure our cats and dogs are both safe for themselves and don't impact wildlife yeah, I'm going to say that if I see anybody's dog running loose on the fucking beach where there are nesting shorebirds, my ass is going to be on you so fucking fast. I, there, I have no patience for that shit. I've yelled at enough people for this stuff. You, you Just because your dog is fucking cute and I want to pet it doesn't mean that I think it's okay that it's running through a flock of fucking sanderlings. Go, you know, just don't be that asshole. 
I have no patience for that. I am a fuming in this episode. I have to tell you that I've been really silent for a while here because, like, you you were talking about the Migratory Bird Treaty Act and we're talking about cats and, and shorebirds, and I'm just, like, building with anger, and I, I'm going to switch. I'm going to switch gears because I'm going to fucking cause a really big problem otherwise we're gonna get a lot of hate mail so <laughs> well jordan here, here's what i'll say why don't you just make my job easier make my life easier mm. and just step up and do your part yeah <laughs> like my job is so hard <laughs> because we like i i always am, am fighting the good fight i'm always trying to like really stand up for these birds that have no voice right like yeah I want to know what birds are saying really like doctors doctor um do little all the way but these things are easy they cost no money like <laughs> what? what i don't get it but and then and then the hate mail that does come with it right like i don't understand that either are Why they you- all like Carol Baskin or something like that? Like, who are these people that? That's a Tiger King reference. Carol um, Baskin. Are like who? Like who are these? These are just crazy cat ladies. Like this is the lady from The well, Simpsons not, with the cats, or what's going on? You know, again, it's it's really a lot of issues, not just cats, but but several issues where people, for some reason, just are claiming that their freedom is being taken away or that mm. we are advocating for infringing on their rights and abilities and things like that. And it, it's not that way at all. Um, and that's, I think, where I'm saying my job is hard because it's like, I am not saying that you can't do X, Y, or Z. It's just, you know, if you change just a little tiny bit, we can make such a huge positive impact. I could celebrate you. I could like want to shout from the rooftops about what good you are doing um and and it's a struggle yeah well that's america right like no one wants to do what they're told which is why we're in this fucking mess so i mean again i i would prefer seeing puppies on my instagram feed but like heather scott send me a picture of your cat inside and I will be like, look at these amazing people. (laughs) (laughs) She's like shitting on her floor. Yeah, she can barely move unless it's to like pee on our kids' like playroom carpet. (laughs) Our cat sucks, by the way. I love her. I have a tattoo of her. She's the best. But like, she's just- The worst. Such a bitch. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here, folks. Yeah. So, Jordan- Yes. In our COVID world, have you yes. been birding lately? We're going to stop talking about cats. So we just want to talk about birding and you. Have you been okay. able to get out and bird? So um, this is probably not news to many people because I've said it uh, on my social media feeds and stuff, but I live on the top floor of an apartment uh, right on the Maryland DC line. So I have been kind of restricted both in terms of backyard birding and um, like I don't have a yard which is nuts I love gardening and I'm struggling right now (laughs) I'm so jealous of people Um, and just for for super like urban populated areas being in DC um, me and then my partner Gabriel were pretty much just sticking to our apartment so 
my now go-to answer whenever someone says like, oh, how are you doing? Is I have a really bad case of Zuganrua <laughs> because I am a bird nerd and Zuganrua means migratory restlessness. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> right now uh, with spring migration, it's like, I want to be outside. I want to be like all over the state, if not other places and just birding all day, every day. And um, Gabriel and I now go on a morning walk through our patch. We have this little route through, um, there's a 10 acre forested park across the street and then a two acre mitigation pond right next to the Metro stop. And so we walk that super early before other people are really awake and that's it. That's, that's the birding that I'm doing. Um, it's been really challenging seeing everyone else both with their own backyard bird lists that they're getting or um, people that we know that are traveling in any capacity. Um, But it has also been really cool to really get to know this patch, right? Um, The super urban, again, next to a Metro stop patch and just in quarantine, which I think started March 13th or something like that here for me. Um, we've had over a hundred species there, Jesus. which is mind blowing. We've yeah, had 22 shit. warbler species. Yeah. That's nuts. Like and I like, thought I, it's metro. I thought I had to go to biggest week to Fuck. have 22 warbler species. Wow. And I'm getting it right here in in the DC area. That's one it's- hell of a Metro stop. <laughs> I want to get off at that stop. What's it? What's the name? No. Grovesner Metro stop. Grovesner, all right. It's going to blow up. So, I mean, the best bird, I think, um, so we've been we've been here in this particular patch um, since August of 2019, but just for quarantine, um, best bird probably, Kentucky Warbler. Wow. Jesus. I'm not like, going to say anything. I, I can't help myself. That fucking blew my mind. <laughs> like, That's yeah. wild. Like, we were, what? Like, well, it's weird because you, you also um, mentioned in the, the secret notes um, as a response to this question that uh, you've been woken up by uh, black pole warblers. Oh, yeah. And it's funny so, because, like, we have noticed such a shift in warbler populations um, in, in our local patch that um, previously we would have a million butter butts and a ton of red starts. And this year we had a few, you know, yellow rumps and like no red starts, but we have perulas out the yin yang. And just lately there are black poles everywhere. It's really nuts, right? Well, seeing the, seeing that uh, wave, basically the the different species, both diversity and like distribution and everything has been so fascinating mm-hmm. because uh, you're talking about the, the Cornell bird radar. No, like even just like anecdotally, mm. you say oh. you have all these perulas. Uh-huh. I've only had one this this spring. Oh, mm. wild! Okay. And um, my dad and and my mom, uh, they live about four-ish miles away from where I am, which technically isn't that far, but feels very far again, both because of COVID and everything. Um, but what what they're seeing in their backyard is very different from what we're seeing in our patch, hmm. which is like also really nuts. Right. So it's just crazy. And like some people are reporting 
tons of bay breasted horror mm-hmm. yeah. in the area. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Have not. Nope. This, I still need that. This was huh. the craziest so. year for bay breasted. For, yeah. They're for everywhere. Yeah. I was talking to somebody about this. Um, there's like there's all these like weird migration theories rolling around because of the way that the uh, weather patterns worked this uh, migration. It's mm-hmm. like things got bottlenecked in certain parts of the country and then mm. big nor- big winds would blow in and they'd all yeah. move in this big group. So like, you know, they're skipping over migration stops because of this bottleneck and things like that in certain places. Now, it's just theory. I don't know if it's true, but it hmm. sort of backs up like what you're saying because i'm in northern connecticut scott and heather are in southern connecticut and i had a huge wave of warblers and they had nothing nothing it's like they yeah. skipped the biggest hot spots on the eastern like for in the in connecticut at least yep. which is is never happens so or at least that day yeah that week that yeah. was like a we were like a good it took few, another it few yeah days yeah it took like yeah. a, a good week for us to even begin to get because you had like 18 warblers on your first day which it, <laughs> yeah. it's not 22 sean but um <laughs> we had like three <laughs> i think and they were like butter butt black and white yeah yellow yeah <laughs> and these congregations of black poles though is like significant for like the slowdown of migration for the spring mm-hmm. because they're the last to come through they have the longest journey and you know, with with bay breasteds and Cape Mays and 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 black poles showing up like that, usually signifies the end of the warbler movement for us. Right. You know, the female Which, warblers like, are all showing sad. up too. Yeah, it's, it's super it's really, sad. Yeah. I'm not ready. And no. like, yeah. I mean, the thing is, again, now I'm now doing a personal plug for the Maryland DC Breeding Bird Atlas MDDCBA3. Um, Link to in the show notes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> wonderful. Um, is I think what we need to start doing is getting all of these new birders or even, you know, longtime birders that are going to go through kind of that sad woe after spring migration is we got to get hyped again for all of the nests. We got to yeah. get mm-hmm. like, you know, out there both supporting the nests in your backyard mm-hmm. or looking for nests and breeding behavior. Like that's the next thing that'll help keep birds um exciting and like giving back and i've seen a lot on um twitter it seems like a lot of people are participating in giving nest updates Hmm. monitoring shorebird nests if you have access god that's like a huge huge thing like that needs to happen so especially with beaches being closed lord knows what populations are you know are doing right now so Mm -hmm. well not only that um but we have to make sure that, you know, we socially distance with people and birds because, yeah. I mean, if we're going to inundate beaches, we could really hurt birds that, yeah. you know, needed that that rebound time, basically. Yeah. Right? Yeah, um, absolutely. And Heather, you um, were a new mom. You liked your space and quiet and everything. <laughs> right? We need to do that for the birds. I didn't so. get any of that shit. There are a lot of tears flowing now. Um, oh, I, just, I just wanted to, I just wanted to mention that um, in episode nine with um, Robin Ladasur, we did um, we talked a lot about um, shorebird monitoring, um, and she had some information about that as well, if you're interested. But yes, I know new moms need 
space and quiet, but some some I feel like some we, baby birds. <laughs> I feel like scream. we we laid an egg and then another bird came along and rolled the egg out oh, and it left was a, a big a big terrible egg. Yeah, it was definitely. <laughs> and then it hatched. Wow. And it was we love you, James. He's going to go back through the historical records, bleeping through stuff on whatever he'll, weird he, device he'll... he's got. He's going to be well aware of it, Sean. He yeah. already knows. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he does. We well, don't hide he... this from him. He well, speaking of the peace and quiet and stuff, I mean, the reason, just going back to the original reason I put in about the black hole that got us on yes. this whole conversation, was that, yes, it has woken me up the past couple mornings, which, one, I never would have expected that because it's basically in the courtyard of my apartment complex which i mean i have come to love the starling that calls my railing it's you know perch and everything um i have crows that come to my railing when the door i have french doors and there's no screen and like the crows will land on the railing and i have to be like don't you come in here um (laughs) so it's like kind of i'll cut you (laughs) (laughs) well you've seen that meme with the crow with the knife Uh so you know Uh and 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 the whole attempted murder thing because sometimes there's two Mm -hmm. um but to have a black pole in this courtyard is like nuts but To wake me up is just like at mm-hmm. first yeah so this was yesterday and i was like oh my god be quiet like i am sleeping it was before my alarm it was dark out i didn't know what was going on i was like all annoyed and then all of a sudden i was like that's a fucking black mm. pole <laughs> like okay i'm happy everything is good like continue but then you what hear kind? 10 more and the 10th one does its cape may impression and you get all yes, excited, and then it's not, and then you're yes. mad. Exactly. It did it uh. today. And I was like, are you kidding me? Mm. Are you like, oh, okay, so this is, what, this is how we're going to do this. Okay. <laughs> moved in, moved into the neighborhood. You can't pick your neighbors, Jordan. No. I mean, I wish I could. <laughs> I, would take, I would take this black pole over some people. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Move on in. That's. That's my black pole story. So, so Jordan, we're yeah. at this point in the episode. We're there. The last oh. question. Yeah. And I know you know what's coming. Oh, I do. But I feel so bad because I know it's coming and I don't have like a good answer. <laughs> you don't Just tell Sean, you'll get, tell Sean you'll get in the canoe with him. Just make him happy. And I he'll mean, go I would, away. I would genuinely love... <laughs> to go on a canoe birding trip with you, Sean. I, awesome. I will not I will See? not stop that. Perfect. Um does the Ivory Build wood, Woodpecker exist, Jordan? Are we going to find the Ivory Build Woodpecker or is it just <laughs> a leisurely meander through the back swamps of Louisiana? <laughs> well, see this is this is okay, I'm gonna see this is me being a PR person because I can I can do this well. Um so I originally was going to say I'm very embarrassed, but now I am extremely excited about this endeavor, Sean, because I have never birded in Louisiana or Arkansas. So Sweet. no matter what, it is going to be a great trip, whether awesome. we see the ivory bill or not. Really spun that one. That was beautiful. <laughs> because it will all be new to me. So that, uh, that sounds like an amazing trip. <laughs> I'm stoked about it. We're just building up this huge, long list of people that are going to come birding in canoes in the, in the need swamps canoes. of Louisiana. It's going to be great. 
Although now I feel like I need to somehow come up with like an apartment exercise regime to like help me get canoe arms. Mm. I've just been sitting (laughs) on a couch. Just don't don't... pick up an oar. Someone else will do it. Oh, bring your gator repellent. I'll be, you know what? I will sign up right now, whatever date time we're talking and I will be the documenter. I will make sure to get that picture for you, Sean. How about um, that? That's I'll... great. Sounds perfect. <laughs> I won't. I won't row the canoe, but I will have the camera. And when you're back, I'll Photoshop it for you. Yes, thank you, Heather. <laughs> oh my god. Really coming through there. <laughs> well, your notes in the in the show notes in the elusive Google Doc, it says you got a message recently saying it was seen. Oh yes. Um, oh, I, I didn't, I didn't know. I, see, this is, this is the struggle of when do you, I mean, you guys even have friends that like are always sending you pictures of yep. like, you know, what is this bird? Or <laughs> yeah, I saw this bird and like even more now. Yeah. We send ours to Sean. <laughs> no, I get it all the time. Like, um, my, uh, a friend of mine in, um, Oregon had a California grouse. No quail sorry quail and uh on his like fences in his backyard and he's like what is this and i was like so cute one i don't know western birds but (laughs) quick google search tells me it's a california quail which that was nuts sorry that's no 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 no. (laughs) i i mean but exactly that my point exactly and you know again with this um sudden spike in birding like it seems to be even more common prevalent whatever than before where people are like oh you're the bird person so like i either have to send you a picture of a bird i saw or i'm online shopping and i have to send you this bird print whatever like (laughs) everything bird is coming my way um and i got a very obvious not in any way shape or form ivory built woodpecker picture that was called it and i got asked how to like share this news and i oh, i, I struggled I, 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 I really sharing struggled. the good news of the false ivory bill was it affiliated or something like what was it, was it? Stuff, was it animated? actually okay so so you're really pulling it on me here um because actually i got one that was clearly affiliated hmm. which like okay i i get it you know hey sean is optimistic mm-hmm. he, he's keeping <laughs> hope alive mm-hmm. oh wait i just outed sean i'm sorry That's um fine. but yeah. but another one was very clearly not it was so. like a black cap chickadee or something <laughs> <laughs> so it was dolores from the facebook group who keeps posting I mean, pictures of robins and claiming they're <laughs> swainson's thrushes or whatever if yeah. i may um offer offer a tip right like a free free pro tip for folks a great way if you have to do like well it's not a bait and switch it's like when you have to tell people that the bird they're seeing is not the bird they're seeing oh sometimes people really want to argue with you because they think they know Mm -hmm. right and and you have to tell them find the funnest fact you can about the actual bird species and tell them that um so i love telling people that piping plovers an adult piping plover is 50 grams, which is the same as half a stick of butter. (laughs) I love doing that. I honestly have probably told thousands of people 
both thank you to the podcast uh for for upping that number but also just like over time um <laughs> i love like all of a sudden being like no like this bird is awesome because like of that fact yeah and then people ask or um telling people about woodpecker tongues right oh yeah like uh, uh, woodpecker, woodpecker tongues are wild they yeah wrap around their about. brain right like yeah, like... they wrap around their brain like a yo-yo. Yeah, so like, cool. Like, I mean, so or um, cool. <laughs> or bubble tape. I think of it like bubble tape. Sean's gonna get body mod. I wonder if it tickles <laughs> when they stick their tongue out, like if it tickles their brain. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the crazy thing is that when you have them in the hand, you, like when you're banding them, you can actually put your finger on top of their head, and like their tongue moves, and you can feel it. Oh, <gasps> it's crazy. <gasps> I mean, cool. okay, that's like the epitome for me of like why birds are fucking awesome. I think so, we should end it right there, yeah. personally, because <laughs> it doesn't get any cooler, creepier, anything than saying birds are awesome because you can feel their woodpecker tongues through the tops of their heads. I'm fucking <laughs> stoked on that. Sick. I'm never going to be able to look at a piping plever again without thinking about butter. Oh, I know, man. right? Delicious. And like, and like the the chicks when they hatch, they're only five paper clips. Oh my god! They're so, and they're also like the cutest fucking thing on this planet. The cutest five paper clips. Yeah. Yes. so cute. Yeah. Little Q tips. So, Jordan, thank you so much bad. for coming on the show. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, this is a blast. Yeah, it was a so real pleasure thank having you, so you on. Much. Yeah, this is awesome. Really stoked to have you on. Thank you so fucking much. Ah, oh, thank you. Really, thank you. Bow, mouse. Podcast.